What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tess. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Shout out to y'all. People are fucking with us. Y'all, TikTok is crazy. Y'all have came through and showed out, and I love each and every one of y'all. If you saw on our TikTok this week, if you're not following us, it's Sisters Who Kill Podcast on TikTok. We talked about Daisha Phillips, and this was a young lady that lost her life because she got butt injections by someone that actually wasn't a medical professional at all, was actually doing it in a hotel. Go to TikTok and you'll find it out. But today, we have a crazy story about a doctor turned evil. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Okay, today we only have three players. April Jenkins, that's our first patient. Erica Bobrin, that's our second patient. And then we have Dr. Nidra Dodds, and she is our murderess. So we have a bit of a Dr. Death episode going on today. Not an ad, but Dr. Death and Wonder is like literally my favorite. And this case reminds me of that so much. Now, Dr. Nidra Dodds started her love for butts, her fascination with asses from a very young age since about her senior year of high school which I guess isn't too young like I definitely was noticing ass my senior year of high school she had a senior memories book with a whole section dedicated to photos of her classmates asses and she was just like you know anybody can appreciate a nice ass and I agree I agree so after she graduated from high school she had a brief career as a model yes she um traveled the world they say we couldn't find any sources to back that up (laughs) but that's what they say and then she went to college and studied to become a plastic surgeon. In 1993, she graduated with honors from Meharry Medical College School of Medicine. Now, Meharry is one of the top HBCU medical schools. It has such a rich history. It was the first medical school in the South to offer four-year training. Back in the day, there were like 14 black medical schools that existed. And then this new report came out saying that like, these are the standards of what a medical school should be. And I think it was called the Flexer Report. And after that, only two schools remained that were teaching black people how to become doctors and Meharry was one of them. Now, Meharry is doing this really cool thing, and I feel like we just need to plug it, and we're going to get back to the story, but Meharry is doing this really cool thing with Tennessee State University, which is another HBCU, that is getting black people through their degrees and to get their medical and dental degree in seven years. So they do three years at Tennessee State and four years at Meharry, which is like HBCUs coming together to make sure that we have black doctors, which is amazing because we need them. And affordable because you're like taking at least one year off of medical school. Exactly. And you're being taught by black instructors, so you know 
how to treat black patients. Oh, it definitely makes a difference being taught by black teachers. I don't think I've ever had a non-black doctor. My pediatrician was black. Oh, my doctors were always black. Right. Fuck that shit. When I had that surgery senior year of high school, black surgeon, she was like the first black surgeon from Emory that did some amazing shit. So she went to a really great medical school. Not only did she go to Meharry, but she did her residency at SUNY Health Center in Brooklyn. SUNY stands for State University of New York City. She also had training under the former U.S. General Surgeon, Dr. David Satcher. So, like, pretty good fucking training, you know? This guy, like, comes up with the rules of what's safe for us all over the country. She strived to be the best, and she continued educating herself on the latest trends in product and procedures. She also served quite a few accredited boards. She was a part of the American Medical Association. She was a part of the Medical Association of Aesthetic Medicine and Surgery. She was a part of the American College of Emergency Physicians, American Academy of Cosmetic Surgery, American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. So she was certified on certified on certified. She, was, she had her shit. She had her ducks in a row, you know? So we thought. For a long time she did. <laughs> yeah. When she's first starting out it's like the 90s and y'all know AIDS was an epidemic at this point and it was very misunderstood and so at this time a lot of doctors were like basically treating people who are HIV positive like big ass germs like right wouldn't touch them without gloves even though it's only spread through like bodily fluids so you can't touch somebody and get AIDS. Well for a long time I think that a lot of like TV shows talk about that like Pose like when you were considered to have AIDS it was just like there's nothing we can do about you it's just a number at this point and physicians really weren't caring about these patients they weren't caring about their well-being they weren't caring about making sure that they were happy and healthy and whole. Dr. Dodds wanted to be a shift in that conversation. She was not using gloves when she was examining her patients for consultations and it made HIV positive patients feel normal and at home and accepted how you they should literally feel. were like I feel human again right how you should feel at the doctor she kind of grew her LGBTQ audience like she's like I want to be here for these people because after people got past the whole AIDS thing the new taboo became working on trans women basically again you'll, you see it a lot on pose but they have these parties in hotels called pumping parties where they're getting silicone injected into them because these are the people who will work on them and right. these are what they can afford and they're trying to do whatever they can to be in the body that they feel comfortable in right then when it shit fucks up the doctors are like i'm not touching that shit so you High can risk, right nidra was like i will work on you i will help she also made it affordable so you wouldn't be in those situations in the first place so she was doing the right things and really being a pillar in the community she said the importance of our role in the gay community is to offer medical procedures administered by medical professionals who are concerned about the overall outcome and your treatment as a person with respect and no judgment, as people are entitled to. And I feel like that is all that everybody is asking for, you know? Right. That's all that women are asking for that is all that black women are asking for that is all that black trans women are asking for like just treat me as a human treat me with respect like why is that so hard for you to see me as a human woman as i am and then a lot of people use the excuse i don't get it you but don't like, have to get, you it, don't to have to get it because if i told you i feel disrespected by this no matter if you get it or not you know that i feel disrespected so you continuing to do it is a choice to keep disrespecting right me. in 2006 Dr. Dodds opened up her own med spa. It was called Opulence Aesthetic Medicine, and it was an, quote, award-winning med spa. 
She was all about helping people to love their bodies and to feel good and all the things that people go to the med spa for. So she studied her craft and she became known as the butt doctor. Like if you wanted a nice ass, you went to her. Right. And she was like, I look at your body as a whole. Like I look at how bodies are built with the abs and how football players, what the squats do and how their butt is lifted. And I'm sculpting these type of asses. Like she was serious about this shit. In high school, I thought that I could play this game. I could guess a guy's sport based off of his ass. Oh, because you can always tell them football players, them big, heavy, football big player, ass football players. Ba- uh, baseball players got bubble butts, and then wrestlers kind of have, like, slender, muscular <laughs> butts. <laughs> she felt like she could give anybody the ass that they wanted. And she opened up her practice. She wanted to have a gay, inclusive staff, because this is something that was important to her. Then she goes on to say she doesn't see sexuality, preference, color, gender, just people. And I personally hate when people say that. You are doing nobody any favors by ignoring what makes me me right like the first thing i am is black you better see it because i'm fucking proud of it don't tell me you don't see color i see fucking color she had this practice she opened it up and it did pretty well i guess it actually was doing well for a while people were traveling from far distances to come and be treated by dr dodds so this takes place in atlanta and you know she i I could see i went in a deep dive on her instagram and i could see that she was really on the scene with these atlanta doctors because you know we all know them from married to medicine and she's got pictures with dr simone and stuff and i feel like she maybe even wanted to be on bravo she like posted some picture talking about married to hashtag married to medicine maybe she like auditioned I don't really I've never watched that show it's you need to watch it it's fucking amazing but maybe she was backstage or something but could you imagine if she was on the cast and then this case happened oh they would tear her ass up oh I would fucking love it and then some it would be so fucking good which brings us to February 19 2013 on that day 37 year old April Jenkins went to Dr. Dodds for liposuction and fat transfer to her butt she was pretty excited and she showed up with her fiance happily about to get married you know unfortunately she never made it out of that procedure after surgery april began to wake up she sat up and she literally had no controls over her bowels she just urinated on herself then she was having a seizure and then she was in full cardiac arrest they were trying to save her during cpr defibrillation and reversal drugs after 10 minutes they finally called 911 911 came they intervened they continued cpr and using the defibrillator and they were trying to suction out her airways because they were trying to literally save her life they transported her to keystone emergency room where she was pronounced dead on arrival according to dr dodds patients aren't always forthcoming with everything involving previous medical history complications arose and that's all she got to say about that at the time which brings us to a few months later erica brobrin came in on june 20th just four months later Now, Erica came from Florida to Georgia to have this surgery, which isn't Florida like the hot spot for getting work done. Florida is a horrible state. But like that's where people go for plastic surgery, like Dr. Miami, right? Miami is, yes, but Miami is like Miami. Okay. 28-year-old Erica Bobrin was being cared for by Dr. Nidra. She went in to get her silicone implants removed. During surgery, she goes into cardiac arrest. When the fire department 
arrive, they find Erica lying in a pool of blood. She'd been in cardiac arrest for a while. They gave her reversal drugs. They gave her CPR. They were doing all this stuff to stop it, but finally realized they couldn't. After 20 minutes, Dr. Dodds and her team finally called 911. The 911 call, it didn't say that somebody needed serious attention. It said that, like, they had a patient that needed, like, help, but not, like, emergent help. You know what I mean? Like, when you call 911 and they dispatch your calls, there's, like, a, a serious ne- level to it, you know? And it's like, oh, we got a patient who needs to get over there. Not like we have a patient who's dying. You know what I mean? The fire department arrives and they start performing life-saving techniques. They're giving her more reversal drugs until they can't give her any more. Like, they're maxing her out on this stuff. They begin to lose hope. And then all of a sudden, Erica regains a heartbeat. They put her in an ambulance. They rush her to the hospital. And by the time the fire department left, they said she was either brain dead or deceased. But she was not going to make it. They were so upset about this that they ended up calling the police. And they stated in a police report that they believed that what they were dealing with were crimes against persons of suspicious activity because of what was happening at this medical spa. This led to a suspension of Dr. Dodd's license and an investigation that would decide if it should stay suspended. So August 13th, a few months after her death, April Jenkins' family filed a malpractice suit. At this time, the practice is still open. Still just out here giving surgery to anybody. (laughs) Flash forward to February 28th, 2014. The state board has opened an investigation against Nidra. This is basically like her hearing day. They kind of went back through the case and it turns out April's vitals were not checked before surgery. They were not checked during surgery. They never placed a heart monitor on her and there were no nurses in the room at the time of the surgery. They found that April had died of a fat embolism, which means like fat clogged up in your bloodstream. Yeah. And the ME report shows that she had a perforation or like a stab mark in her diaphragm and multiple puncture wounds in her liver. The staff reported that April was the fourth and final procedure of the day and that Jenkins liked to rush her surgeries, especially the last one. How do you just rush the fact my body what they also reported that jenkins had complained of tearing and burning throughout the procedure and that dodds told her to be quiet and that this is what she paid for so she was going to get it done the staff said april start when april started screaming they stuffed a rag that had been soaked in propofol in her mouth what is propofol it's propofol? like propofol propofol what is that it's a anesthetic like and that was on the towel Right. That was in her mouth. Right. When medical personnel arrived. Right. Okay. I deep dived into this little report and I actually got a statement from the person who put the rag in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so you stuffed the rag in her mouth? And she was like, well, I don't want to make it sound like that. Like, we had a rag behind her head to support her neck. And she started screaming. And so I was just kind of like, here, bite down on this. And it was like... But this is not the Civil War. She was like, I mean, I don't want it to sound worse than it is. Or like, I don't care. But like... They said, did you put the rag in her mouth to silence her? Or did you put it in her mouth to help her? And she was like, I mean, kind of both. Because we have patients in the waiting room and she's screaming and her fiance's there. Also her fiance, And I don't yeah. want him to be alarmed. So, but also some people find it helpful to bite down on something because it helps with the pain. I have had oral surgery with local anesthetics, which it seems like was supposed to be happening right. here. And you feel pressure, but you do not feel pain and, and she's like it's burning it's tearing like that's 
called and you should not be feeling that they said that the propofol was not listed on her chart probably because they gave it to her through a rag and she probably wasn't actually supposed to have any more of it or wasn't planned to have any somewhere along the way her liver got cut with a trocar which is like a medical instrument that they use to i guess suck out the fat yes it's a big long thick needle they come anywhere from like three millimeters deep thick to like i think there i saw it after like 15 that's a big ass needle sticking in you and sucking out your shit and it's stabbing her liver while you're trying to have a liposuction surgery fat transfer into your butt how (sighs) you in the wrong you in the whole wrong spot then they go on to erica's medical report which showed that she did not die of natural causes but rather of an irregular heartbeat due to severe blood loss and remember she's the one who they found lying in a puddle of their blood i don't know exactly what they this means but they said about 500 cc's of blood i don't know what that means either but it seems like a lot let us know and i think the medical report said like 100 cc's was the expected amount of loss you know what i'm saying of blood but she lost 500. The report also stated that most of her surgical sites were not sutured or bandaged properly, which was the explanation for all the extra blood because because you're not covering it up. <laughs> right. Or sewing it up or whatever. You just kind of wrapped some shit around it and said you'd be all right. Even before these two losses came into play, people are saying that the board received allegations that Dodge was operating on high-risk patients with high blood pressure, high glucose. There was a nurse who came forward and she's like, I told everybody working there that they need to get out now because she's going to end up killing somebody. She's like, I've had to yell at her during surgery and tell her you need to stop performing now. And she would not stop performing until Uh. I yelled at her. So like the fact that a nurse already felt the need to leave to not have this on her hands and it for it to come true but the thing is like shout out to any nurses that are listening because nurses know everything right they are the smartest most up to code personnel that there is and there are bad nurses but most of the time nurses like really genuinely love what they do and it's so and a nurse can't like they're not higher ranking than a doctor so what a doctor says goes but you there's so a many lot times of times doctors are looking at so them like, wrong and the nurses doing are that so- wrong <laughs> You're doing it wrong, but you have your degree that says otherwise. Right. So So you guys remember at the top of the episode when I was saying that Dr. Dodds was a part of all these accredited associations, you know, American Medical Association, American Association, all of those. Turns out during her licensing hearing, they did a little research, made a few phone calls, and these associations ain't heard of her. Nope, not here. I think maybe one claimed her and it was like yeah six years ago so nothing recent yeah then of course the question to the board is so why like what the fuck why the fuck didn't you check and make sure that this woman who's saying that she's a part of these prestigious things are part of and they were like look that ain't our job the board the medical board said look that's not our job our job is to do claims which we're doing a claim because the claim has come in other than that we trust that they put down you know the truth you gonna just trust so y'all just lying on your resume and getting away with it because i know i'm lying on mine i'm too scared to lie on mine she even said that she had hospital privileges at two different hospitals and when the reporter looked into it they was like no she doesn't i believe this is important because when you are working out of a private practice you don't have all the supplies and things that a hospital would so when it comes time to do emergency care you don't have the tools that you need so then you're at least close enough to a hospital and you having hospital privileges there to continue your care with your patient whereas 
if you don't have privileges, you have to turn this patient over to a new doctor who has not been around with what's going on, and you have to catch them up to speed when it's life-saving seconds that are into play. Not that she was counting those seconds because she waited 20 minutes before moving her to the hospital or even beginning the steps to moving her to the hospital. They even questioned, you know, why did you delay in calling for help? And she Because said, 20 minutes is a long fucking time. It is. If I am dying on the table, call somebody. And she says, you need to realize that my facility and staff are medical personnel. So you're saying I didn't call medical personnel? We have the ability to stabilize a patient. So that's inaccurate. If you had the ability to stabilize a patient, then why, why wasn't your patient stabilized? Turns out that in fact she wasn't licensed in plastic surgery and only in emergency care. At the licensing hearing, Dr. Dodds testified, these events have been devastating to me, not because of my ego, but because I feel for any loss of patient. I'm asking this court for justice, for fairness. I'm not the first physician to lose a patient. If I did anything wrong in both cases, I stepped out of the room and allowed another physician and certified staff member to continue the procedures. She Not stepped any- out for lunch, y'all. Oh, okay. Thank you for making that, like, clarifying that because I had no idea. She Okay. It was like... When you say lunch, she was like, they were like, did you go to Wendy's or something? She was like, no, probably just to the kitchen. And it was like, and what was there? And she was like, I don't know, probably some leftovers that the staff ordered earlier. She was like, it was like a quick bite to eat, but. Which I understand, like, you have to do your day, you have to eat your lunch. I think you would plan around a surgery, though, right? Right. I just can't imagine stopping in the middle of a surgery to go eat. While somebody is literally laying there, cut the fuck open. That's just me. I would be so upset. Some physicians testified for her, some against her, which is where it would make the perfect Married to Medicine episode. So, like, the doctors would be divided, those Team Nidra and those against, and Mm -hmm. how it affects the Finn group, and this whole trial would be a big... It would be great to watch on TV. Anywho, Dr. Elizabeth Morgan says the surgeon is in charge and she has got to be there when the patient is in trouble. So there was no reason, you know, for her to leave, especially if you have a patient that's showing signs of difficulty during a surgery. Like, this is your patient. Why would you leave her? Then it was asked to a different doctor, Dr. Thomas Locke, do you believe that Dr. Dodge did everything she could to save the life of April Jenkins? And he said yes. So it was very split. But then you had, like, reporters going around everywhere, like, of course, trying to be all up in the practice. Why are you letting this happen? Talking to the nurses and shit. And the nurses basically said, listen, we're not coming out publicly to speak out against her, but please understand that we sent statements, verbal and in writing, because we noticed warning signs. We noticed incidents that raised our concern our concerns were disregarded and even mocked so do with that what you will way to go medical board at the end of the investigation the board suspended her license now she can't practice medicine opulence is having some troubles they can't pay their bills and in march of 2014 opulence ends up filing for bankruptcy and that delays its civil suit oh yes civil suit that is because so you'll get sued by whomever right and a civil suit is when you're being sued person to person it is people court and the families of april and erica were now getting ready and gearing up to sue dr dodds so what does she do you ask well she goes down to st croix virgin islands and she becomes an emergency room consultant Woo! pump the brakes how did we get here i'm glad that you asked 
Her license got suspended February. It's September 17, 2014, and Nitra needs work. So she calls the chief medical officer down in the Virgin Island. He works at a hospital called Governor Juan F. Lewis Hospital in St. Croix. We're just going to call it JFL for short. She calls the chief medical officer over there and she's like, hey, I need a job. The chief medical officer goes to the CEO and he was like, hey, there's this doctor in Georgia. She's having trouble with her practice and she's looking for work. The CEO was like, no, I don't want them troubles. We're not hiring her. He goes out to his car one day and Nidra is in the parking lot waiting to talk to him. That's fucking creepy. Sis needed a job, okay? He agrees to meet with her and she's like, listen, I had some issues back home. Basically, I wasn't responsible, but my name's on the door, so I'm responsible. And he said, great, you can start on Monday. He's like, sure. He he ran it by the chief medical officer, and the chief medical officer was like, it's your decision. He's like, I decided to give her a chance. And everybody was like, you're from Georgia. You know her. He's like, I do not know this woman, I promise. And everyone was like, well, why did you let her work there? Her license is suspended. He was like, okay, I admit, I didn't run a background check. But as soon as they dropped this story saying that she was working at my hospital without a license, I fired her that day. She worked there from, she worked there from September 17th to October 4th. Soon as it hit the papers, he was like, you got to go. Now, it also turns out that this hospital was struggling to keep its accreditation. Like, they were known for having bad care. They were known for... He says no patients were in harm's way while Nidra was there because she did not work on patients. She was there to help with, like, customer service and billing issues. More as a consultant. Okay. Not as a doctor, per se. But still, she shouldn't be in those facilities at all, you know? So her license is suspended, but it hasn't completely been revoked. But on November 9th, 2015, her license officially became revoked, so she can no longer practice medicine at all. She had the option to renew her license in a state hearing, but she decided not to. So now let's jump to January 28th, 2016. Dr. Dodds and... Her assistant, Dr. McCowan, got some very interesting news when the state of Georgia decided that they were indicting them for criminal charges. That's right, for aggravated battery, which is a felony, and for felony murder. Now, felony murder in the state of Georgia is an automatic life sentence. They also face charges of theft by deception. All of this for the deaths of April and Erica. Now, after this dropped... Oh, the streets started talking. Everybody had something to say because apparently these two ladies are not the only people that got severely injured under the hand of Dr. Dodds. This lady named Alicia Quarles came out in February of 2016 and said that she went in for a tummy tuck and she left completely botched and without a belly button. And she wasn't, and this was another black woman. And a white woman also said, it could have been me, you know, oh my God. And she was also completely botched by Dr. Dodds. When Malisha was describing what was happening to her, she said when she was in the medical room, they pretty much had her laying down like crucified style. They had one on her left, one on her right, and they were holding her feet down. And she literally was begging them, please just stop. I'll call 911, just stop. Just get me to the hospital. I'll take myself to the emergency room. Just stop. I can feel it. You are hurting me. And they just held her down and forced her to continue this surgery. And remember when this was happening, she she was still under some 
forms of anesthesia. So she was still somewhat in a woozy state, but even then she could feel it. And like I said, it's a local anesthetic. So yes, you can be awake. And I got a local anesthetic when getting your wisdom teeth removed. Right. But like, there's a, I didn't feel the pain until it wore off after my surgery was completely over, you know? So everybody's trying to figure out what is going on with this woman. Like, she was so prominent in the community, and now these cases, what was her downfall? So the T is, and it came from a source that didn't want to be named, so we don't know your name. She said that Dr. Dodds was having marital problems, and that's when shit just started hitting the fan. Basically, she was starting to have marital problems, she started drinking, and she was lazy in her work, and it began to show. We get to January 11th, 2017, and criminal charges are dropped. The district attorney, Vic Reynolds, wasn't convinced that he had enough for a criminal case after having other prosecutors review it. And he was like, my obligation is not to be concerned with what I want, what I like, what my opinion is. My decision is based on the facts of the law, and in the end, I don't have enough to make a case. Right, which really sucks, because she definitely murdered these girls, but, like, can you prove that in the court of law? And it's, and it's very so hard. hard. It's hard, because you go through this extensive learning to become a doctor, and now that you've gotten that, no one can mess with you anymore, you know? No one's really questioning your authority at that point. There needs to be some type of checks and balances with our medical professionnel as they go throughout the years. Now, it really sucks, because I think they could have probably gotten her on, like, a lesser charge, but still justice for these girls. But does double jeopardy come into play now that they've been charged once? No. But they didn't go to trial? No, because they haven't been tried for that crime. And I think that's a lot of times why they'd be like, I'm not going to touch it. At this point, I know that I cannot win it. So there's no point in me wasting my one chance on a case that I know I'm I'm not going to win. Mm. So even though the criminal charges were dropped, Dr. Dodd still had to deal with those civil suits from the family. It's almost five years after the loss of these two women. Mm. And finally, Audrey's finally, Audrey Jackson, who is April Jackson's sister, her and her family are awarded $60 million. That's a lot of money. Now, at first, I thought she wasn't going to see this money because, you know, Nidra has already claimed bankruptcy and all that stuff. But it's being paid out by the insurance provider, so she's going to get that money. It was supposed to, in 2019, the same lawyers that represented April's family were supposed to represent Erica's family. Now, it took five years for that case to get through, so maybe it's still in the work and even more slowed with corona. Right. But she better get that same $60 million. You know, the interesting thing about that case is when they went to court, when the, when the Jackson family went to court, Dr. Dodds and her team did not show up at all, which is probably why they got 60 shots. Like, this bitch can't even come here and show her face. And speak about what she did. Give him everything. Right. As of now, that's the end of Dr. Dodd's crazy-ass journey through this medical world. I don't quite know what she's doing now. Probably getting ready to avoid this next case. But it kind of leaves us questioning, like, how did we get here in the first place? How did this woman who seems so qualified turn out to be so completely unqualified nobody's checking it people are complaining nobody's following up on it and these cosmetic surgeries people are not always thinking of them as like surgeries surgeries because it 
doesn't always just include a tummy tuck or, or liposuction. Sometimes it can be as simple as getting some Botox in your face and somebody can botch that. And you think that, oh, it's fine. And you hear about Botox parties or like once at this really fancy like white people med spa, it was like mommy and daughter day, come get a Panera bread and some Botox. Like this is a big money making industry. And it seems like just anybody can get into this game and not be a specialist in cosmetic surgeries. Mm-hmm. Only 22 states require licenses or accreditation to perform surgery. And Georgia's not one of them. And they're not. And then two additional states only require it for certain procedures. The AJC, which is our Atlanta Journal-Constitution, stated that in Georgia, there are virtually no limits on who can do cosmetic surgery where they can do it, and how they advertise it. A doctor in any specialty can take a course on liposuction and then attract patients to his place with cheap prices and perform surgery on you. A dentist can give you liposuction. A chiropractor <laughs> can, give you lipos- can give you liposuction. There and it's legal. To, it need, there needs to be more regulations, and it sucks that women are going to these places because you're trying to fulfill this standard of beauty. And then you go and you want to find a place that's safe. You're supposed to be finding good doctors. You put your trust of your body in these medical professionals hands and you walk away literally scarred or your family is scarred and it's completely disgusting it is you know like on tv it's always the running joke like well you're not a real doctor like if some guy's like a foot doctor and they'd be like yeah but that's not a real doctor you're a foot doctor shit have you seen these like tiktoks of fucked up feet or that tlc show my feet really hurt tlc has a show about every fucking thing yeah they do as if that's not bad enough georgia has a loophole for the things that they do require so licensed medical practices have to undergo certain inspections they have requirements for their staff for procedures equipment and policies that you have to uphold if you're not licensed you do not have to abide for by these rules not that you can't do it You just don't have to play by these rules. So it seems like, oh, if that's too much work, let me just be a private practice and do it on my fucking own. And no, no. I understand wanting a private practice as a doctor, but like there still has to be standards that you must live up to to ensure the safety of everybody walking through your doors. Like, I don't understand. It's such a problem that, well, they passed a law saying that like, okay, only these rigorous accreditation folks are who we're going to count as like real being accredited and really certifies you as a doctor and the doctors got mad they was like my place that I went to is not on this list and I'm still a real doctor and you messing up my money because people are not looking at me as a real doctor so Georgia repealed the law I was like okay you win but like if a school or a study loses accreditation that happens to colleges all the time and you know what you have to do you have to work fucking harder and get your shit together right uh southern states in the usa it sucks to be an american it just really is heartbreaking to know that this woman is just walking out on the streets no she can't practice medicine but like two lives were taken and i've heard of like doctors that complete an honest accident of losing a patient on the table sometimes they're so torn up about it that they just can't even practice anymore because that's how deeply they feel sorry for something horrible happening by their hand and Deidre didn't give a fuck like it's like what Deidre was like look and it really seems like okay so we kind of did a deep dive through her reviews before going through this oh let's get into them okay so y'all she had she was up on Groupon and we were looking first of all she was selling shit extremely discounted like she had like a laser hair treatment package and it was like regular price five forty nine. 
Groupon price, $76. That's a big-ass fucking That's difference. a big discount to the point where, like, I... Listen, I love Groupon. I will... I am, like, the Tiffany Haddish of Groupon, you know? But, like... <laughs> I'm not doing any medical things. I'll, the most that you're going to do with my face is wax my eyebrows and my upper lip. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I might do, like, abrasions. No. No? Listen. I know some black girls that can do that, and they're licensed, and they got their own private practice Listen. with their license hanging on the wall. We They're all over Instagram. <laughs> I don't need to find Groupon for that. But, like, she also had Botox on Groupon, and she was selling it, like, 20 40 60 and basically you no know, the regular price that you would pay for 20 she was giving you 60 for those like that's how big the discount was when you look at the reviews of course those are ones to say oh she's great there were a significant amount of people who said i felt rushed and discriminated against because i had a groupon one girl was even told because you have a groupon you're only allotted 10 minutes and i was talking to a friend who does botox 10 minutes for Botox is not a lot of time. That's not, that is a consultation. Yeah, that's what she said. That's not a consultation. How is that even enough time for them to put the Botox shit in the needle and tap it on on the side? Because she said, what you do when you go to Botox is like, they come in and you have to make all these faces and scrunch up your face and you have to tell them what you want. Right. And she says she only gets like six units, but most people get like 20 if they're doing like their forehead and older people who like really want to work on some shit. Yeah, exactly. I asked, how long does it usually take you? 20 minutes for her six. So these are people coming in saying they're getting 20 and 40 units and you're telling them you're giving them 10 minutes because they have a Groupon. And she said in one of the reviews, she was like, I got to hurry up and do you in my Groupon because I got three others, three more out there. So you're rushing through these people and you're not even giving them the time of day. Why? Because you put a coupon up and you don't want to honor it. Right. Like Some if of you them- didn't want to put a discount code up, bitch, then didn't put, don't put a fucking discount code up. One of the reviews said, I never even met the doctor. The nurse practitioner did everything. Is that legal? I guess to give so. Sh- I mean, I guess nurses give shots, but, like, not to see a doctor? It just seems like you either got great care or terrible care when you were in the hands of her. hmm People either was like, she changed my life or she changed my fucking life. But because that decline happened so fast, I'm like, was there, were there mental health issues that were happening well, because of fast? that break? She had her practice for, like, 15 years. No, that decline in six months of her being, like, amazing to her being oh. a killer what was happening to her mentally was that she was a workaholic so was that hurting her in the long run did she actually honestly need a break or to take care of home or whatever the hell was going off at home right. because you know when shit happens in your life like it it takes over especially when it seems dramatic it seems like your world's gonna end you know therapy's a real thing and i know she got access to finding them i know she got insurance or right. had insurance at the time you know a therapist who you can just go through and break some shit down with there's no excuse for this sis and now you're out living your life i don't know what you're doing you're definitely not practicing medicine. You're probably, I don't know. She about to go to the next country that'll take her. She done tried to scoot off to the Virgin Islands. She gonna be down somewhere. Our international listeners, don't let her ass in. Listen, she gonna be down there in Colombia or something doing this shit. And I just... So, friend, I guess this brings us to... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. This is the segment where I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would do it. I think her ass needs to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I did it, I would be playing Operation from Hasbro on the floor in the living room with my sisters. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all have y'all body parts. I'm going to keep my ass in the house. Right. 
I can't even cut in a straight line. There's absolutely no way I could do this. You could try. It's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I could just go and make up a resume. I'm pretty good with Microsoft Word. Listen. Um, <laughs> but if I think, if I would have done this, I would have definitely gone to a country that spoke a completely, I would definitely go to a country that was further south. You were way too close to home at the Virgin Islands, girl. We were going to find you quick, fast, and Aren't they a hurry. territory? Yeah. We were definitely going to find you in the Virgin Islands, girl. So, like, you should have gone a little bit further away. The thing about it is she can go to any impoverished place and they'll take her they won't they'll quit. take her they won't even here shit. in america like and that's why you see these girls in the hotel thing because they can afford it and everybody is just trying to look like somebody like and get that little piece of self-esteem like and people will do a lot to feel good about themselves you know what i'm saying right and when i feel like when it costs you your life we're always like, oh, the vanity cost you your life. But, like, I dye my hair because I think I'm cuter as a blonde. We do things to make ourselves look good and feel better. Right. It's not always for somebody else. Sometimes it's really for ourselves. And I feel like these women probably thought, oh, I'm going to a black woman. I'm doing everything right. And even Erica, she was getting her implants removed. Right. Well, she didn't get locked up, so we can't do parole or not parole. But she basically paid for nothing because even the money didn't come out of her hands. Nope. She got off scot-free. Wow, we did it. We are back for another episode after a crazy weekend of the podcast kind of blowing up. So welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you stick around even longer. So we also got some new ratings that we like to shout y'all out. Shout out to Tippy1799, which sounds like an amazing name, who says, I truly don't even like crime podcast but i'm definitely binging this podcast love this which like thank you thank you so much we appreciate it we also have shut it scut who said great i love the discussion at the end especially on the episode with the twins great work ladies thanks appreciate you so much and if you want to leave a review for sisters who kill you can find us on apple Podcasts and leave a review make sure that you follow us on all social media if you want to keep up with us you can follow us on instagram at sisters who kill pod you can follow us on tiktok at sisters who kill podcast you can email us at sisters who kill podcast at gmail.com like us on Facebook, and join the Facebook discussion group. As always, thank you to Bo King for our, our opening music. Friend, do you have anything else? Nope. All right. Bye. Bye.